I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host otherwise known as, yes, you've heard it before, the brain broad. So, you know, I've said that so many times, it just rolls off my tongue, which is a good thing because 5.30 in the morning where I am, and the reason I am recording this show so early in the morning is, is I've been doing these seminars, learning all kinds of stuff about how to get information to y'all because apparently I am great at sharing guests and knowledge and all that, but I'm not really great at making sure other people know I exist. So we're going to correct that, fill in that hole, learning all about that. And so with that in mind, don't forget I have books. All right? So uh, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism is most likely the one that you really want to grab. It's full of information. It's full of story. It's full of inspiration. And besides, if I wrote it, it's got to be good. That's what I think about that. No, I'm just teasing you. Um, the, the fact is I'm really proud of this book, and I think if it's in your hands, it'll change your life. So please take a minute to go to Amazon and check that out. If you're just looking for something to leave on the coffee table to inspire you and constantly bring you back to your why, I suggest you get the wing maker. Or, hey, two for one. Buy them both. Um, as in two for one trip, I don't think I can tell Amazon to give you a two for one price. Okay, there. I'm getting so much better at telling people, aren't I? My website is lynettelouise.com or brainbroadie.net. And we have a great guest today. We have a great guest in the sense that, number one, he's knowledgeable. Number two, He's a truly handsome, uh, kind father, uh, supportive person, uh, talented, works 100% of the time at being supportive to all the people around him. I could go on and on and on with all kinds of kudos. And number three, we were chatting about something else in between my two seconds that I have while I'm doing this seminar training. And uh, I said, oh, my gosh, I forgot to do my show. Can you do it before I go to work and before you get busy? And that's why I'm up at 530 in the morning quickly taping the show, which I'm not even going to have time to edit. So I can only talk to someone as wonderful as Jeff. So who is Jeff? Jeff, uh, I hope I say his last name right because I've only done it in reading, but it's Jeff Kafsky and Eaton. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he does Spectrum at Law on the Autism Channel, so he's a lawyer. Um, He's more than that, though. He really, truly is uh, super, super, super supportive of everybody on that channel, everybody, well, actually just everybody that meets him. He's, you know, just one of those souls that is willing to always take action and be helpful. And so he really is defying that saying that, or that, riddle about lawyers being on the bottom of the feeding pool in the ocean. So he's actually way on the top and, and, and an amazing human being, and I'm excited to bring him to you. So, Jeff, thank you for taking an instant in between your things while I take an instant in between mine, and we try to help the audience. Thank you for being here. 
Wow. I, that introduction, I mean, I hope I can live up to that. I thought for a minute maybe you had a different guest. <laughs> well, actually, I did forget to tell my people one more thing, which is that they have to stay to the end of the show, where I'll do stories from the road. And I'm going to have to come up with a story on the fly that, that is inspired by something you say, so that'll be fun. Okay, um, I'm with you. Okay, and no, you are all those things. You really are. You're very, very impressive. I'm really Well, I, I can tell you one thing. One thing's for sure is that I am very handsome on the radio. <laughs> okay, and funny too. Oh my gosh, everybody's going to be so like all the women are going to be sending their husband to work saying, "Okay, let's listen to Jeff." Okay, oh, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, um so let's start with this. So you're a lawyer, you work, you know, you work with many things, but one of the gigs that you're doing is Spectrum at Law on the Autism Channel. How's that going? What's your biggest um you know, I always have sort of a soapbox position, the thing that if, if the radio host says to me, what do you really like to talk about, I can jump into it. So I want to try with, with you to see if you've got a particular thing about the law and autism that you're really soapboxing on. And if not, we'll just play around a bit. So let's start there. Uh, what's it like going, the two piggyback questions. So what's it like uh, doing Spectrum at Law? Is that working out? Um, is that helping people? Is it too much work? You know, whatever you want to say about that. And then uh, your soapbox. Well, okay. Thank you for uh, introducing me and, and, and giving me this opportunity to speak with your people. Um, you know, Spectrum of Law is probably one of the least interesting shows on the Autism Channel to most people. Um, certainly... Uh, the brain broad fix it in five is up there towards the top without a doubt. And I'm, I'm oh, forever telling people to watch it. And, uh, and so many of, of my friends and the people I speak with have come back to me and thanked me for, for turning them on to that awesome show. And we can't wait for the next episode. But as far as spectrum of law goes, you know, the, the, the concept of law touches each and every single area of society for better or for worse. There, there is nothing. As I sit here and talk to you, I'm looking out the window, and there's a tree. Well, you know, there's a law that, that, that relates to the fact that that tree is planted there. Um, you know, whether you like it or not, it's pervasive throughout our society. And certainly with an, with an issue as important as autism, uh, there are very many legal issues that, that touch upon autism in so many different ways. So that's why Mark Rosen and I started our show, Spectrum at Law, uh, Mark is my co-host. He and I both have kids on the spectrum, and we're both lawyers, and we felt like we had something to say that might help people um, in one way or another. Uh, some of the topics that we discuss are things along the lines of uh, estate planning. Um, again, boring as that may sound. Uh, really, if you have a child or a dependent or a loved one with autism, at some point you're going to be gone. And if you've been supporting that person, and if they're, they've been relying on you, there may be something that you need to do to plan ahead for you not being around. Um, so that's just an example. And then another one that I like to talk about, even though this show isn't yet edited and up on the Autism Channel, it's coming soon, as they say, um, is Eleanor Robin, who is the guru of family law, or of family mediation, I should say. She's not a lawyer. She's a Florida Supreme Court certified family mediator, as am I. But 
one of the things she comes on and talks about is how to handle the stress of a marriage uh, with, with a child or a loved one or someone in the house with any type of developmental disability. Uh, and one of the statistics that Eleanor quotes is that uh, I think it's eight times higher. The, the, the divorce rate for families, for autism families, is eight times higher than it is in the rest of society. And it's pretty high in the rest of society. So the way she speaks of the statistics, it's practically guaranteed that somewhere along the way you're going to have a divorce if you're an autism family. Now, she talks about different things that you can do to hopefully intervene and change that. Um, but those are the sorts of things we talk about on Spectrum at Law. Um, that, just one not, other... I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead, Lynette. No, no, you go ahead. You're my guest. Okay. Just, just one other little uh, mention, again, for, for how pervasive autism is throughout the society and how it can be, how it can be applied to various legal issues. We had a friend of mine uh, whose law firm I am of counsel to, uh, who is a Muslim family lawyer, and we talked about a Muslim perspective on autism, um, how, uh, how, how the Muslim faith looks at developmental disabilities and how that, that informs their going forward um, with, with legal issues related to autism. And, you know, it's... it's you can draw a line between all of this stuff, and, and you know, human beings were all the same when you when you boil it down to the essence. So um, these are things that need to be discussed, and that's what we do on the show. And I think that's awesome, by the way. And you're right, absolutely. That you know, the part of the book that a person's reading that has all the stats is often skipped over. So your your show isn't boring, but it might be the one where they go, "Ow, oh, that hurts my brain." So maybe, maybe not, not today. I just worked really hard. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't uh, serve a great purpose and, and is boring. That just means that sometimes we're not ready to hear the details of life because we don't want to deal with them. Um, yeah, I, I think this, yeah, and I think this is super important and super interesting stuff. Uh, let, let's hit on, on all three of the things that you mentioned. Estate planning, um, I just did mine. Again, I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't done my will um, since my son was like really, really little and all the other boys are independent. Everybody else has moved on, but I haven't, you know, sort of changed my will accordingly. And so I, it, that really actually took a lot of pressure off me to go, okay, it's done. It just came in the mail last night, actually, so how coincidental that, <laughs> that you uh, brought it up. So I, I think that these are things that we have to think about so that we can stop thinking about them. Because, in fact, I thought about it a lot, knowing I should do it. And so when you take the time to do it, then it's, it's off your shoulders. And you're like, okay, I gave it its due attention, and now I can go back to giving the life I'm living its due attention. So that's... You know, and I, and I have to tell you that um, coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, but interestingly, I didn't even have... I had a basic will from many years back. I didn't have the type of estate plan with the the type of trust that I would need to set up uh, until, until I shot that show. And uh, speaking with the lawyer, I believe his name was Michael Connolly. It was our first show. Um, it, it really woke me up, and I said, wow, you know what, I, I need to get this done. So even I hadn't done it, and I'm the lawyer who allegedly has the answers. So I got that done, and I sleep better at night knowing 
that, uh, that if I don't wake up for some reason or if something untoward happens the next day, at least my son and, and indeed all my children, uh, including the Spectrum one, um, will, you know, will, will be taken care of uh, while I'm gone. And by the way, props to you, and I want to commend you, because although I don't know your actual age, Lynette, um, certainly if it's anything like what, like what you look, you're in your early 30s. And for you to have done this... <laughs> you, okay, you get like a, a basket in the mail full of treats and flowers and candies for that. Go on. <laughs> for a young lady of your age to have already done that is just, uh, uh, you know, just terrific on your part. So good for you. Well, thank you, thank you. No, I think it's, um, I think it's important. So, that, and literally, so that you know that you did it, and you can just really get back to being present. You've seen my show. You know, I'm very present. I really like to be involved with where we're at. But I always am teaching. You know, keep an eye to the path that you're traveling, and knowing that part of, part of that path is uh, death is a reality. You know, so you you just have to cope with that stuff. Um, okay, so let's hit on the other thing you mentioned, the divorce. So, again, my show, right, I'm traveling into homes, and I'm getting single moms because you're right. It's very, very difficult for marriages to stay together, and it's way less common for me to go into a home where there's a two-parent family than it is to go into a home where there's a single parent, especially for the show, because in the case of this show, they're not paying so I'm going to people that are um, really quite poor. That's the intention. And it was really hard for me to get family three because I wanted two parents. So it's a huge burden and it's a real problem. But here's a stat that she maybe hasn't brought up or you maybe didn't shine a light on. And that's that ironically, when it comes to the older kids, if you made it, when they when they do this stat, they, they're looking at a certain age range usually of children. But when somebody noticed that and then extended it all the way through up to 18, what they noticed is that there's a curve in that divorce rate. So if you survived the early years, the diagnosis, the initial shock, all of that, um, and you get into the preteens, you stay married better if you have have a special needs child, especially autism. Isn't that interesting? It is. That's fascinating, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I was unaware of that. I'm not sure that came up. Uh, we shot that show quite a while ago, and I don't know if that, if that was mentioned, but, um, but that's definitely something that I'm going to uh, let Eleanor know about uh, for when we eventually do a follow-up show. Yeah, it's fascinating. Now, now let's, let's play with that a little bit. I have a theory. What would you think, would, just being a parent, You've got kids, you've got a spectrum child, and we're going to talk about him after a bit, but um, what, what would be your theory on why that might be? Because I have one. I want to hear yours. Well, I think that any time you go through, what, what, you know, they, they always call it trials and tribulations. For some reason, those words end up always being together. But, you know, uh, anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and that goes for your relationship, too. Um, you've been through it. You know, there's... There's not a lot more that you can go through as difficult uh, as having a, a child with developmental disabilities. Uh, I, I suppose there are other things. You know, you could have a, a child with lots of different medical issues. Um, but once you've been through something difficult, um, your, your, your bond is that much stronger. That's right off the top of my head uh, where I would go with that. 
Yeah, I would go with that too. And the reason I think it's an important thing to kind of discuss for a second is I think that it means people, parents out there that just got a diagnosis and are ready to kill each other, think about this for a second. If you stay the course and you get on the same page and you get focused on doing the good work that has to be done, when people say there's a gift in autism, they're not wrong. There's a true gift in raising a child with a challenge of any kind, and you get really real about what matters, and you just don't care about the rest. And that's actually a huge blessing, I believe, not just to people but to relationships. So if you stay the course, maybe you'll find you have the best marriage in town. It's worth a shot. What do you think about that, Jeff? <laughs> that sounds good to me. That sounds like uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, I'm with you on that. Okay, you said one more thing, and then we're going to go to, I'm going to do a little break and remind everyone, you know, where we are. It takes two seconds, and then maybe we can talk about your child and your family life and what got you um, where you're at today and, you know, your creds. Let's, let's get more into Jeff. But this last topic you mentioned about the, the Muslim, uh, the cultural influence of autism and how that might affect things legally, et cetera. Um, yeah, you know, in the show with the girl in Uganda, it's so interesting because that's one of the things that keeps coming up is that culturally they, they're not Muslim, but the point being different cultures, um, and culturally they just don't believe that, that their genes could have done that. So then they have to, you know, create stories like witchcraft and curses and things like that to make sense of this showing up in their family because they haven't had it before. And so when a culture does has a very fundamental belief about something, then that defines if there are services at all given to the child um, and laws made for the child in defense of the child. So what uh, what would be a law in defense of uh, of autism that's, that's new that you see as something that would shift according to culture? Well, you know, before I answer that, because I'm going to need to uh, stall while I think of a good answer. Yeah, it's um, a hard no, one. <laughs> it, it, it is. But before I answer that, I just want to mention, in case any of the viewers are wondering, and this is kind of a spoiler alert uh, for the show anyway, but... Um, as you might expect, you know, Islam has taken a huge hit uh, in, in recent years because of the actions of a, of a very small percentage of its, of its people. And, for the, you know, there, there's many billions of Muslims in this world on planet Earth uh, who aren't doing the things that, that the ones are doing who are making the news. Uh, not surprisingly, and, and many people would not be surprised to hear that uh, the Muslim take on autism and any developmental disability is very similar to the Judeo-Christian um, take on it, and that is it's not voodoo, it's not witchcraft, it's not uh, something that the devil you know, is punishing you with or, or that sort of thing. Um, these are Anybody with, with any type of developmental disability or illness, not that those things are necessarily the same thing, but anybody who needs society's help for one reason or another... Um, pursuant to the Quran, not that I'm going to sit here and quote it because I, I couldn't even begin to, but those are people who, who deserve the, the help that they need from society, from the community at large, and uh, consequently the Muslim take on autism, autism is just really the same as it is in, in traditional American society. Uh, you know, Do what you can to help this person and their family, be supportive, 
uh, provide services whenever necessary and whatever they can be provided to help this this uh, you know this person. So I, I just wanted to, to mention for anybody who was wondering how that show went. Um, yeah, and really, I, that, I appreciate that because my bringing up Uganda right next to it and and saying what I said with juxtaposition, a person can misinterpret what the uh, Muslim take on it is. So I really appreciate you clearing that up. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I mean, again, despite what you may hear from the the radical small percentage, uh, it's real. Uh, Islam is really just a, you know another. It, it, it's very close to Judeo-Christian belief, a belief system. So um, it, it's really not uncivilized as some may make, may make you believe. But anyway, right. so now back to your other question. Uh, as far as the law goes, uh, I, I might need you to repeat that question, please, Lynette. I will. And just to, before that, I'll just mention that um, my third family's in Israel. So I'm just oh, putting great. that yeah, I'm just putting that together, and I'll be doing a crowdfunding to try to get the cash to get over there. So that'll be interesting. Um, well, I, I hope that all your listeners will, will you know, at least clear out their pocket change, if not do better, on the crowdfunding. And, uh, you know, the show is so, so important. And anybody who's listening to this podcast right now who hasn't seen Fix It in Five really ought to do themselves a huge favor and, you know, put aside five hours of their time uh, to, to watch this show because it's absolutely fascinating. And the way you do it, I mean, I'm just so impressed. Oh, I was so, when I first, when I finally got a chance to meet you, you know, it was, I was so honored to be able to because I, I think the work you do is tremendous. And, and I really hope that everybody's watching Fix It in Five. Thank you. I hope so, too. <laughs> I really want to change the world. I'm going to have these little change purses made with, with uh, out of brains and create a foundation. I was hoping, actually, you'd help me, and I'm asking you on, to, on the radio because <laughs> I want to do a not-for-profit called Changing Brains for Brain, uh, brain Change from changing, for Changing Brains, something like that. So I'm tired. It's 5.30. So I, awesome. Well, you, you have my commitment. I will help you, of course. All right. Awesome. My question was, what law pops to mind that you can see as very one of those kinds of laws that would definitely be shifted culture to culture? Like, for example, it's just a way of getting at what kind of a law do we have right now that protects the kids that might not happen in another country that doesn't have the same, um, you know, the same viewpoint towards autism? Well, we're a civilized society. And, you know, as a democratic society, everybody's voice is allegedly, I have to stress, allegedly heard, um, you know, by our government. And allegedly, we are our government. We are, you know, our country is governed for and by the people. Um, I really think that the lobbyists are running the show. But that said, you know, the lobbyists are also the people, and you can be one if you want. But the fact is that you can have your voice heard, and every group that has something to say, uh, sometimes the term is, is, is a special interest group. That's used as a derogatory term sometimes. But for the most part, you know, uh, we members of the autism community are a special interest group, and we have a voice and we can be heard. So when we get to the right politician, for example, and we need something done, we have access to our laws and to our courts and to our political system here in this country. In many, many other countries on earth, you know, and, and you brought it up, a voodoo. I'll, I'll tell you, I was speaking with a woman yesterday who is from Haiti, and she had a child with special needs. She didn't even know what, the, what that 
what the special needs were. She had no idea what the special needs of her child were because that ch- she was in Haiti at the time. Now she lives in the U.S. She's a young woman in, in her mid-20s. But when she had the baby and they realized that the baby was somehow different, it may have been some type of physical issue. Um, that's my guess, just based on the fact that they even knew um, so close to birth. They took the child away from her, and, 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 and she has no idea what happened to her child. Yeah. That will not happen in this country. Yeah. You know, we, we know too much about what these things are and how to deal with them, and, and people have basic human rights here. So while I am not a huge fan of the federal government, and I, and I can't sit here and say I have a ton of great things to say in general about our political system, it is the best in the world. And people with disabilities and people who are different in some way do have a seat at the table. And they do have people who are looking out for their legal and medical interests and human interests. And, um, and I hope that answers your question. But that's that from, from you know, as, as a lawyer, and, you know, we haven't gotten into what type of law I practice. So, you know, people will be disappointed to find out I'm not, you know, the traditional type of lawyer, you know, going to court every single day. But... From, you know, as, as, as at least a person with legal training, uh, I can tell you that that's where, that's how I feel about uh, developmental disabilities and people with autism and their rights in this country. Okay. Um, I think that answers lots of questions, and, and that's really the point. All right. You are listening to a new spin on Autism Answers. I am Lynette Louise, your brain broad story teaching host, and we are having a great time talking with Jeff Kasky from... Spectrum at Law on the Autism Channel. He's got probably huge creds to share, and we're going to get into that because he's being this sweet person who said, yes, I'll do it at this time if you can get up at 5.30 and we're quickly (laughs) recording something so that I can get back to training and learning how to tell you all about my books and my stuff. And actually, he's been great. I I don't have to tell you. He's been telling you all about Fix It in Five, and and, oh, I I should have Jeff on all the time. Um, So... We're going to get back and ask him, you know, kind of a little bit of who he is now that we've played around with legality issues and, uh, and a little bit of his family story because, you know, guys, we're a story show. We, we remember and learn when we hear the story of someone's life and how they became who they are and where they're at. So I'm going to go back to him, but remember that I'm going to close on a story because at the end of the show, as always, I will be doing... Stories from the road. All right, Jeff. So let's begin by giving you a proper introduction that you do yourself, since <laughs> since I've done such a lousy one. I've been I've been telling them all about how much I love you, but we haven't done the thing where we talk about the letters after your name, where you trained, and what you're doing. So let's start there. Okay. Well, thank you again, and I'm not a huge fan of talking about myself, but I will just by just for context. Um, okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I have, uh, for the past 20 years, run a nonprofit adoption agency uh, here in South Florida, where I live, and uh, I've done. I got. I lost count of how many how many newborn private adoptions I've done in the past 20 years. Of course, I've also done some uh, adoptions of older children, children with special needs, special medical needs, that sort of thing. We do as much pro bono work as we possibly can, um, but. That's basically uh, what I do every day. I also run, along with my amazing fiance Jeanette, we run a uh, surrogacy agency, 
We help women who want to carry babies for other people find other people who want women to carry babies for them. And we, we put the two together. We help with the whole medical process, getting all that done. Um, so that is amazing work, and that's very, very rewarding. And we both love doing that. Uh, there's a handful of other things I do. Spectrum at Law is something that, that uh, you know, I spend some time on, and it means a lot to me just because I think these questions need to be answered for a lot of people. Um, I have a book that I wrote. It came out in 2012. Uh, you know, when you're talking about stories, uh, you know, when you do adoptions, every time you say, I've, now I've seen it all, uh, that's the worst thing you can say in the, in the field of adoptions because the next thing that happens is someone with three heads from another planet walks through the door. Um, so... Over the years, I've just collected some of the most amazing true stories, and I put them in a book uh, because people kept saying, God, you've got to write a book. Um, the book is available on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and uh, put in Kasky, K-A-S-K-Y, and the word adoption, the book will come up. It's called 99 Things You Wish You Knew Before Choosing Adoption. I think it's three bucks uh, to download it onto your Kindle, and I, I think it's something like eight or nine or ten bucks to get the, uh, the, the, the paperback version. Um, it's a lot of fun to read. It's probably an hour or two read, and it's just got some great true stories. Um, I, I like to talk, to talk about it. I don't make any money on the book, so I'm not, uh, trying to, you know, pay my mortgage here with this. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, um, I, I just think it's something that people have told me that, uh, they've enjoyed reading, so. I wanted to share that. Yeah, and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say ditto on that. I enjoyed reading it too. I uh, I usually skim through books because I've got such a huge pile of of materials <laughs> to get through all the time. And so um, your book was a, a delight to read. Actually, it was it's easy read, but it's also informative. There's just enough story, just enough like it's really a good read. So I hope they grab it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and well, then lastly, I, I want to mention that I, I, do, uh, I do safety and risk management consultation for music-themed cruises, um, which is really a, a lot of fun. It's, uh, uh, it's a paid vacation, really, uh, to go on these cruises with some of the best bands in the world and, some of the, and without a doubt, the best music fans in the, on the entire planet. Um, and it, one's called Jam Cruise, and the other one's called Holy Ship, and there's a P at the end of Holy Ship. <laughs> um, lest anyone think I was uh, throwing expletives on your show. And uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, they sell out before they go on sale, uh, but they're, they're the best thing ever. So um, oh, thank you fun. for asking, and that's, and that's what I do. That's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I want to come and open and do some stand-up comedy and sing some songs and be on a – I haven't done a cruise ship in years. How fun. Okay, so um, I... Well, actually, let, let me mention then in that case, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but the, uh, the Autism Channel now has a speakers bureau where, uh, you know, so many people watching the Autism Channel have called and said, you know, we'd like to have this host or that host uh, appear at our function or perform for us, as in your case. Um, and, you know, many of the hosts are on the spectrum themselves, and they're just such amazingly impressive people. Uh, so anybody who's listening who's interested in having some of the top quality talent on and off the spectrum, uh, you know, appear or, or perform at their event, and I say perform because you're a performer, Lynette, um, yes, then uh, by, 
by all means, please contact the Autism Channel, and I'm sure you have the information uh, on your blog or on your website, Lynette, or you'll yes. tell people how to do it. But I think it's speakers at theautismchannel.tv. I, 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 think, I think that's the email address. Yeah, and I'll put a link up in, in the description for people. So thank you for mentioning that. It's a, it's a newer thing that they're doing, and I'm real excited about it. And ironically, all, all of these uh, trainings I'm going to are about how to market myself as a speaker, and I thought, wow, I've just got the universe is just showing up everywhere here. So um, nice, nice timing in my world. Um, okay, so you mentioned something. Can I ask you, before we talk about your family, and we'll have to go, so we, we have to hit on this question because it came straight to mind when you talked about surrogacy. Have you noticed? Because, okay, my family has autism in it. I had Asperger's, um, even though I adopted my autistic kids, um, my grandkids, my, my nieces, my uh, grandniece and nephew, my uh, cousins, there's autism. And so, you know, it's clearly genetic and has other issues. So when everybody's arguing, I say, well, just come and look at my family. And, <laughs> and the answer will exist for you. So surrogacy is a fascinating thought. If you have somebody who... Um, who is a surrogate parent and they don't have this kind of leaning in their genes, it might be a way for somebody who's maybe wanting another child and, you know, they have a lot of autism in the family or a lot of any other genetic disorder in the family and they're not wanting to take that risk. Now, have you, do you have those kinds of cases or is it always someone who just can't have a baby? Well, that's a very good question, and uh, let me tell you the issue you raised. First of all, please don't let me forget, I want to tell you about an autism-related uh, issue that came up in surrogacy um, okay. that, that I think is important to mention. But, um, sur there's two different types of surrogacy, essentially. There's one called gestational surrogacy and one called traditional surrogacy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick my neck out and say that anybody who does a traditional surrogacy uh, must be out of their mind. Somebody's going to send me hate mail for saying that. Uh, and I might get death threats, but, and that's okay, because, you know, get in line. But right. <laughs> the, the, um, the fact that traditional surrogacy is where the intended parents use the husband's sperm to artificially inseminate the surrogate using the surrogate's egg. And that's where you're talking about the surrogate's DNA not having autism in, you know, in her genetic background. The reason that's not a good idea is that if indeed, that, that's not actually a surrogacy. It becomes an adoption because the surrogate or the carrier in that case is biologically related to the child. She can, at the end, change her mind and say, I'm keeping this baby. Not only can she keep the baby, but she can sue the family for child support for 18 years. Wow. So, so traditional surrogacy is, is tremendously frowned upon, at least by me and, and, and by many of my colleagues. Gestational surrogacy, on the other hand, is usually the use of the couple's egg and sperm. And the, the embryo that's created is just carried by the surrogate. So she's what's called the gestational carrier. So she has no biological relationship with the child. So that would not, if there was some, right. any type of, of disorder uh, in, in, the, in the, the intended parent's DNA, it would not eliminate that as a possibility. Now, there's other ways to do a gestational surrogacy. Sometimes they need to get donor eggs or donor sperm. But, um, you know, those are the issues involved in surrogacy. 
And you wanted to – that's so good. Uh, you wanted to mention something that was – Yes. About? I recently came across a prejudice uh, by somebody uh, that made me kind of uncomfortable in working with this uh, set of intended parents. And specifically, they were – this set of intended parents were considering a – uh, a, a specific surrogate that we were attempting to introduce them to. Well, we did effectively introduce them to her, but the surrogate's partner, um, who I believe is her fiance, I don't believe they're married yet, um, but he is a, uh, a, a nice guy. He's a, a guy in his uh, mid to late twenties with a, with a, a you know, a, a basically a nine to five job and, you know, functioning well in society. He also has Asperger's. Now, Bear in mind, this gestational surrogate was just going to carry the baby. The, the, the husband or the partner really had nothing to do with it, aside from he was the supportive person in her life. They decided, based on him having Asperger's, not to go forward with this particular gestational carrier. And their, their reason was that sometimes people on the autism spectrum can be violent and act out. And uh, I, it was just such ignorance. And they knew that I had the knowledge and the background that I have. And for, for me to tell, you know, I didn't want to talk them into or out of anything. That's not my, my, my plan. But, uh, you know, they just had a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to have Asperger's and thought that this guy was going to be violent towards their baby while his partner was pregnant. And uh, oh. I, that, that was kind of upsetting to me. And I, I just, uh, you know, sort of, out of the middle of nowhere, wanted to, wanted to mention that to you. Well, I, I, let's use it to segue, because you have a lovely, adorable, wonderful, oh, yummy son. So let's oh, thank talk you. About, you know, so we know he's not going to do that. So No, seriously, let's talk about um, your boy. Holden. Yeah. Sure, I'd be happy to. Holden, I have, I have three yummy, adorable boys and one yummy, adorable girl. But the one who's on the spectrum is Holden, and Holden is 12 years old. He's the youngest of the boys. Um, Holden is just, uh, you know, an awesome kid. Uh, he's extremely social. He, you know, autism is such a, you know, mystery in so many different ways, and, you know, it, it affects different people in so many different ways. Uh, but Holden's social skills w are definitely very strong. He'll look you dead in the eye and shake your hand, and um, he's gorgeous and uh, the ladies love him and vice versa believe me um but uh you know he, he his academics are the issue uh, he, he's not a great listener he's not great at focusing and concentrating although he tries um you know the, the people who listen to your show know better but uh you know holden is not a violent kid uh, in any way shape or form in fact of of the three boys he's probably the calmest coolest and most collected um and he's just an absolute pleasure. He's a peacemaker, a peacekeeper in the family. Um, he just happens to, you know, be on the spectrum and have some of those traditional quirks, um, you know, that we that you think of when you think of somebody who has autism. Yeah, and it's so interesting when I met him. I, I was just first of all, he is truly a, a handsome, handsome boy, and he is all of those things socially. Um, he's very there for the person who's talking to them to him unless you're boring <laughs> you know let's be honest some of this is the onus is on us you know we have this great expectation of children 
that um, that they're just going to listen and hang on our every word until we let them leave the room. And maybe autism is sort of a comeuppance for us adults and that says, you know, you could try to be a bit more interesting to the child. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. You know, it never really occurred to me, and I'm glad you said that because I'm going to be thinking about that. He comes back from summer camp uh, actually tomorrow. I haven't seen him in six weeks. So I cannot wait to see him. But, um, but, but I think you're right. I mean, you know, one of the gifts that I personally was given, you know, by uh, the creator or my brain or whatever, however you want to look at it, is that for a 46-year-old guy, I'm very immature. And I remember what it's like to be a kid because I feel like I still am one. So I, a lot of the communication issues that adults have with kids, they tend not to affect me because... I, I still feel like I'm there, and I feel like I communicate with them on their level because I'm with them. Um, but I agree. I've seen so many times that parents and adults trying to lecture kids on, on or off the spectrum. You know, you have to know what to expect from your audience. And as you know, as being a successful and outstanding performer yourself, you know, you, you've got to give the people not just what they want, but what's appropriate for them. You know, you can't expect... Uh, your, your audience to be interested in something that's, that's going to be boring to them. So I'm sure you tailor your presentation to the audience and, and you have, people have to think of their kids, whether they're on or off the spectrum, the same way. So good point. Yeah, and, and wow, you're such a great guest. You use great adjectives. You're like, I'm an outstanding performer, everyone. Did you hear that? So you should actually have me to your event. I'll entertain you and infotain you all at the same time. I think I should make Jeff my agent. Um, Jeff, we are at the end of the show. You have been a wonderful, wonderful guest. Can you please tell everyone how to get a hold of you or, or whatever it is that you want to say here. This is your moment to give a last word of advice and any contact information that you do or don't want to share. Sure. I mean, I'll happy, I'm happy to give my personal email address. It's jeff at oneworldadoption. It's a one spelled out, O-N-E, jeff at oneworldadoption.com. J-E-F-F, has, not G-O-E-F, but J. Correct, the Yankee way, correct. <laughs> and if anybody has any questions about how the law uh, affects them, if they have a case that they want to talk about, um, again, I, I, my, my focus is on adoption and reproductive law, but, but I have so many friends in different disciplines of the law, and I'm always, always uh, referring cases to, to people. And anything I can do to help you know, is, is what I like to do. Um, so please feel free to contact me if there's anything I can do to help you. And I would love it if you would just mention in your email um, that you heard me on Lynette's show so I know where you came from. Um, but And as far as, you know, last-minute advice or a word or two, I'll tell everybody, anybody who's not watching the Autism Channel is really missing out. The Autism Channel is essentially, although it's not a 501c3 and all that, it really is a nonprofit endeavor by these great, great guys, Ray and Jerry, who've really devoted their lives to trying to help people. Um, the Autism Channel is free, 100% free. They won't take a penny of your money. Uh, and if you don't like it, you get double your money back. That's a joke. Um, but <laughs> it was a all you time. have to do to get the Autism Channel is buy a box called Roku, R-O-K-U. You can find them on eBay used for 50 bucks. You can buy a brand new one with all the bells and whistles for 100 bucks at Costco or Walmart or Target or anywhere. Um, it's a streaming media device. Essentially, it makes a dumb TV into a smart TV. Uh, then, speaking of smart TVs, 
Uh, the Autism Channel currently, as we talk right now, is available for Panasonic smart TVs. It's an app. You just hook your smart TV up to your home network. This is easy stuff. And then you choose the app, again, 100% free. Um, and I think I'm told by the end of 2014, it'll be available on all Samsung smart TVs. So that'll be 100 million possible viewers between Roku, Panasonic, and Samsung. Um, most people I know have a Panasonic or a Samsung smart TV. So watch, watch the channel. The content is, is all there. It's streaming. You call it up at your will, at your whim, whatever you want to see. There's such great programming for people on the spectrum, about people on the spectrum, by people on the spectrum. And uh, I, I want to leave it there because uh, I think that's what people should be doing to get this information. And Lynette, I want to thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait till you come back to South Florida and visit. Uh, you're just an absolute treasure to the world, not just the autism community, but just to planet Earth. And, uh, and thank you for everything you do. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for being such a wonderful guest and, and being, he's really a tireless, tireless, tireless helper of mankind. Um, I couldn't go on enough about you as well, so thank you for being there. And I'm going to close the show and say goodbye to you now. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, thanks, Lynette. Take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Wow. Isn't he awesome? Don't you just love him? He's so great. Um, you know, now, now that he's gone, we can talk like that. We don't have to act like we're smart. Okay. <laughs> so that was Jeff Kasky from Spectrum at Law on the Autism Channel, a fantastic human being. Uh, and you, if you want a copy of his book, by the way, I have one. If, if you want one that I've already read and made notes in, that might be kind of fun. So I was going to ask him to give one away, but I'd like to give away the one that I read. So if you want a copy of his book, you put Jeff Kasky in the subject line, and you send me an email to lynette at lynettelouise.com. And I, the first person to send that, will get it. I'll sign it, and uh, <laughs> it should be signed by him, but, but I forgot to ask him, so there you go. I'm going to sign it. It's 5.30 in the morning, well, 6 now, um, and uh, i got to go. I'm going to give you a quick story. Hey, when I was young and couldn't have babies anymore, I tried to get someone to surrogate parent for me. Well, I just want to tell you, I'm not sure that I have time to do a full story, but I want to make a point here. So I tried to get a surrogate parent. Then that didn't work out. So then I tried to um, find somebody who was already having a baby and then adopt that baby as the baby was born. And in each of these things that I tried, I spent time, energy, money, love, focus, um, and it would almost come to fruition. At one point, even, I was like, look, here, um, use my, I was in Candace, I'm like, use my health care card and pretend you're me, and it'll be so simple. Have the baby under my name, and I'll just take it, which is probably very illegal, and just probably turning over uh, <laughs> in his car seat, <laughs> going, don't say that, Lynette. But, it, you know, it was a long time ago. So um, I kept trying to get more children and couldn't, and none of these pathways worked out for me. And so what I want to explain, Blaine or bring light to is, okay, eventually I did manage to adopt children, 
But in order to adopt them, I had to go to classes. I had to open up my doors and have home studies done. I had to answer millions of questions. I had to be observed as if I was in a fishbowl, and they were judging me as whether I'm a good parent or a bad parent, um, and my husband at the time. And, and I mean, it was just a really trying, expensive, and a long process. And the whole time, if I could have had another baby, I would have aborted the process, not a baby, but aborted the process because it was so hard and so difficult. It just lasted so long. So what I would love to end on today is a little bit of respect and appreciation for the people that go different routes in order to have their children. One of the things that used to happen for me is people would meet me and they'd find out that I had eight kids. And I have jokes about this on stage because, you know, they'd be like, you know, of course people say rude things like, you know, uh, what, you didn't have a television? And, you know, things like that. And, you know, ha ha, you're so funny. Uh, but what, what really kept showing up was that people went, oh, they're adopted. Like there was no difficulty, right? Like, oh, I see. So your body didn't have to go through all that and you adopted, so it's easy. It's not. The process is much more difficult. It's way easier to have a baby. Um, and I'm sorry, I've had that too. So women, even if you're going, it is not, it is too. And, and, it also doesn't nullify when you meet somebody who found a different way to have their child and you focus on how they had their child and you start judging and having opinions about that. What you're forgetting is that you're looking at a person with a child. You're losing track of the person with the child and the child and you're busy focusing on how that child got there and you're not going to support them or be kind in the way that you should be. So it's, a, it's really kind of irrelevant how the child got there. Um, what matters is that they're taking the time and the love to, to raise the child. And let's just go with that. Let's put our attention where our attention belongs instead of being distracted by the process of how they got there. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. This is a new spin on Autism Answers. Thank you for being here. Because without you... I'd just be talking to myself. Well, and maybe my daughter, she's sitting right over there waiting for me to shut up so that we can have morning coffee. So I'm going to go. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear you.